Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! It's like just straight west of Logan Square. Like it's on the corner of like Wrightwood and Logan Boulevard. Oh, that's like next to me. (laughs) It is. It is very close to you. Neighbors. Neighbors. Oh, they they emailed me back for that house. I just texted Logan because I Logan uh, <laughs> friend Logan, any, not the yeah, square. <laughs> friend, friend Logan, I didn't text the square. Just texted him to ask me if he wants to go check it out with me today because Haley's borrowing my car right now, and so he's oh. taking me a ride over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna go tour that this afternoon. <laughs> Yay! That's gonna be great. <clears throat> well, shall we? Shall we talk about our little our rut? How cool yes. Sanga oh got God. the groove back. Yes, this is the Feeny Call. This is season seven, episode 18, how Corey and Topanga got their groove back. It's a, a whole time and a half. My trivia for the day is uh, that this Eric sneezing uh, bit comes back, circles back in Girl Meets World. So this is not the last time that we see Eric sneeze over the course of the whole series. He sneezes for some future information later on, which I feel like they don't, uh reference a lot of things that happened in boy meets world necessarily in girl meets world specifically it's more like here's this character that is coming back so it's very interesting to me that this is something that they decided to like bring back in girl meets world Mm -hmm. anyway thought that was interesting that is interesting i didn't remember that i don't remember (laughs) much about girl meets world not gonna lie did not pay attention really the first time Mm -hmm. did not go back to watch it again so true. did not get the rewatch no nope nope do you want to sum it up run it down yeah we'll take it up and down and all around up um and all around. so everyone's going out and having fun and querying topanga are lame and boring and just hanging out at home and are feeling like they're in a rut and they complain about it and so then they're going to throw a cool party and invite everybody but then nobody comes to their party, so they're embarrassed, and then they get in a fight about which one of them is more boring, but then they're horny, so they do it, and then everyone shows up and is like, wow, they're having fun. Um, meanwhile, Eric somehow gets, like, superpowers where he sneezes and sees the future, and Jack gets obsessed with winning the lottery, and then he actually does, but doesn't realize it and screws it all up. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Dude, Eric needs new friends. That's all. It's true. Eric needs someone who deserves him in all his glory. You know, I think him and Jack deserve each other. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that's that's fair. Jack pisses me off in this episode, though. Yeah, I mean, he's a jerk. Yeah. Well, and it's also like at the end when uh, everything that he does tracks for me, I feel like in this episode, except for the fact that one, why is he so money hungry? Like he has a rich family. He's probably not hurting for cash anytime soon. So like he's way greedy for kind of no reason, but I guess it tracks mm-hmm. with like his character and what we've seen so far. But then at mm-hmm. the end, when he makes Eric eat the ticket and Eric does, then he gets mad at him. And I'm That's like, his fault. That's his fault right there. Fault. That's all his fault. Yes. He does that. I was so mad. I was like, yeah. Eric, oh God, Eric needs new friends mm-hmm. who don't bang his head on a dumpster. Truly. So sad. What'd you learn? What did I learn? You know, 
I think there's a you could you could pull a couple of different things out of this one if you wanted. I think there's a there's a handful of pieces you could get out of here. You could get out of the you could pull this like um this like comparison bias about like whatever you're not doing always looks more fun than what you're doing. Um, and grass you know, like is always grass, greener. Grass is greener, exactly, right? Uh -huh. yeah, you could pull that a little bit. Um, you could pull this kind of like, you know, there's a lot to be said about like appreciating quality time with a person you love and that like where you do it isn't as important as just being with the person. Um, there's some stuff to do with like friendship and greed that you could pull out of the Eric and Jack stuff about yeah. sacrificing your, your relationships for financial gain. You know, is that worth it? Um, I think objectively the big thing to kind of take away though is, is primarily like about this like grass is always greener message of uh, always wanting whatever you don't have. And so, you know, there's been times where Sarah and I have actually felt this way too, where like we felt like we've been in a rut and like haven't done anything interesting. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. In a long time. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like that happens pretty now. Like, yeah, you ease into a level of comfort. And I think we've done it a couple of times in different ways too, where like we felt like we're in a, a rut with what we cook and, or we felt like we're in a rut with like our just, day to day and like we don't go out or we felt like we're in a rut with this like it's it's usually different and specific too yeah right and it's like i'm tired of the things we always cook or mm -hmm. i'm tired of this the mundanity of life yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and uh or like oh great I'm, i don't want to go out mm -hmm. again or you know, i don't know there's like yeah. different rut there's like even there's ruts of when you even do regularly go out like could also be ruts and you know repetition has its value but we we are creatures who crave novel experiences crave mm -hmm. novelty and new things different things so yeah you know and it's yeah i think it's fair it's real it's very realistic for like a new newly wed couple who's living together for the first time to like ease into this comfortable rut it definitely happened for Sarah and I pretty early on and when we moved to Chicago where we like maybe not the first year because we were like poor and exhausted trying to <laughs> yes. just, like get by uh, <laughs> but once we reached a certain level of comfort it was very easy to be like all right and this is where we live now <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah this is our home yeah. yeah see that you gotta struggle the struggle is important to avoiding the rut <laughs> that's fair that's fair and in this episode, the the not married people are struggling because they have these desires to be seen by others mm -hmm. and to and to and to and you know, hook up. Um, yeah. I don't know. What did you learn? I definitely agree with the grass is greener whole thing that you said. Um, but I think kind of in the same vein of that, it's all about balance. And I feel like that's not necessarily something that we learned, but something that I took away from the episode is it's all about that balance where they're having that conversation at the end, Corey and Topanga, and talking about how she's like, well, yes, I would like to still go out and have fun, but like, this is fun too. And I think it's about spending time together, spending time at home, one-on-one, -on -one, very important and crucial, but also 
going out and having new experiences is also very important for your relationship as well to help it thrive. And ruts can also be very relative because in this, it feels as though Topanga thinks they're in a rut, but Corey is not concerned with any Mm -hmm. of this. And so I'm kind of like, if Topanga wants to go out and like hang out with these people, that's okay. Like she should feel, I feel like we've already hit this issue again with like the Sergio Nunzio situation um, Mm. where the girls want to go out. They want to let loose. They want to have a good time. The boys are just like, "Ah, what? Ah." And so it feels a little like that again, but Sean has of course evolved from that. Corey has not, you know, as per usual. As per usual. Yeah, I think there is there is a piece of this that doesn't doesn't come together where it's like, oh, also you and your partner do not have to just Mm -hmm. do the same things together all the time. Which checks out can go out for the show. This checks out for the show because checks out for the show and it checks out for most straight couples. I feel like, yeah, (laughs) but that's just so unhealthy. I feel like it's extremely heteronormative. Yeah. Like it's a super normal thing. For like American straight relationships. Yes. There should be a little bit of a give and take because if Corey wants to like stay home and watch the thing, Topanga can be like, well, I'm not as excited about the thing. So I would really like to go out. If you don't want to come, that's totally fine. I'll go out and I'll come back home and we can watch the show. Like you can tape it and then you can we can watch it again together or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like if it's that important to him to watch it live. Um, but you should never subject your partner to something that they don't really want to do if it's prohibiting them from something else. Well, which is why I like, I have a really fun party that I want to go to. And Quinn's like, yeah, but it's the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I don't care about it. But he's like, you have to come to the Super Bowl party or else, or else I'd be like, no, right. No. Well, and it's (laughs) Topanga when they get out of bed and Corey's like, let's go. And Topanga's like, no, not like this. I don't want you to go just because I'm forcing you. He's like, okay, good. (laughs) Back into bed. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, don't make him also same thing. If he doesn't want to go to the club, don't make him go. Like, Which she doesn't. And he on the flip side should have been like, tight. I'm not going. You have fun. Love you. You have fun. Yeah. Enjoy. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Corey's too insecure for that, though. He would never. He there, there's never any situation where they separate and Corey feels okay because he's, yeah, just he's too codependent. Mm-hmm. I keep on <sighs> thinking of um, the song Therapy from Tick, Tick, Boom, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. The one yeah. That, uh, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel You're bad. You feel yep. bad that <laughs> I made him mad. <laughs> yep basically their entire relationship <laughs> yeah that's pretty much exactly right oh and i feel like that's a very yeah you're right about it being kind of heteronormative and it feels very old school like it feels yeah. like this is the type of relationship that maybe our parents had where or like it's the it's that bridge where we're getting to a place where it's not the relationship our parents have but it's not quite where we are now where we understand a little more independence and like healthy relationships and attachment styles and things like that it's like this weird gap that's that's being bridged because it's the late 90s where it's like still kind of that relationship but then it's also like we have to oh i would learning and we're figuring it out i would venture that like a majority of straight couples of like normal quote-unquote normal straight couples today are still very much so in exactly what is depicted here which is very upsetting maybe not across the city of chicago because there's not a lot of like 
quote unquote normal straight couples in the city of Chicago. Like someone yeah. in that relationship is probably something, else, you know. Um, but I feel like we as artists don't hang out with. A lot that's the thing too. We don't hang out with a lot of normies. We don't hang don't out hang with normies. Out with normies. You know, like we're talking about these, we're generalizing, but like, I think realistically, this is extremely relevant still actually. And this is very much so an accurate depiction of what a lot of like normie straight couples are like. I'd be very, I'm interested to hear what Pod Meets World will say when they get to this episode, but then I'm also interested if there are other podcasts that actually make it this far. Um, what they have to say about it as well. Maybe not Bra Meets World, but like um, any of the other ones that are kind of like we are um, in like heterosexual relationships or and whatnot, just to see if there's a different take from non-city people. <laughs> or if you are at home listening to this and you're not a city person, not an artist, and you're, you find this to be incredibly comforting and validating, let us know because yeah, it feels uh... very weird. It feels very old a, um, to me. A monogamous straight from Nebraska. Tell us how this makes you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we have like a big listener base of like monogamous heterosexuals in Nebraska. I'm sure there's a bunch of people. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> that have really stuck with us that long. <laughs> okay, there are two things that bothered me. I feel like an unnecessary amount in this episode. And maybe it's because I didn't have my coffee yet. I was like in the process of drinking my coffee while I was watching this episode. Mm -hmm. um, why are they all in black at the beginning? I They walked in and I was like, wait, whose funeral are they going? They went to a vampire they, club. I know. My brain was like, whose funeral? I don't remember them going to a funeral at the beginning of this episode. And then they were talking about going out. And I was like, why, why, why are they all in black? I think that's so bizarre. I mean, it's, I don't know, like, I think that's also still kind of accurate. I mean, it's very accurate for the time of like, yes. you know, going out in the late 90s, it was very much so like a lot of just like tighter black clothes. And I think, I, I think we're still there in a big way if you consider, I guess it depends on where you're going out, but going out to where they are, which again, we can safely assume is a really prototypical heteronormative straights club only. <laughs> yeah, like college club. Right, then like, yeah, it's probably a lot of people in that. Whereas again, you and or I yeah. often go out to a lot of queer clubs actually. Oh my God, are we the most pretentious people on the planet? I just, we keep getting ourselves into, just specifically in this episode, but maybe in other episodes too, where we're just like, well, I don't know why any, da, 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 da. I'm pushing my glasses up like a, because we're not normies like the rest of we're these. not normies <laughs> i mean i don't know i went when i went out to beauty bar for oh God, this was, beauty bar but this was different right because I, I was gonna say when i went to beauty bar it was a fuck ton of people wearing all black but it was because it was pop punk versus emo night so yeah that'll do it it made sense um but then yeah if you go out to like sidetrack it's obviously not like a shit ton of all black it's like no. a, a lot of fluorescent <laughs> yes a lot of neon um, glitter but then if you go out to like uh i don't know, i'm trying to think of like some other comparable types of things something like um anything. the uh, apartment the do you remember ever going to the apartment in Lincoln Park no I don't remember went there 
But oh. I was going to say Cafe Mustache. That one oh, you never, get like. I've never been there to, I've been there to eat lunch. I've never been there for like a oh. party. They do, they do like different music nights and live nights. And so like that attracts different crowds, I guess. And depends on what they're doing. I'm trying to think of like what else. I mean. That could be. Um, but Logan Square people dress like weirdos. Because we are weirdos. <laughs> So I don't know if even that would be an all black. I, Logan, I, I don't, I don't, I don't dress think like Lincoln weirdos. Park is the only thing I could think that would even compare. Fucking weirdos. Like a bar really. by default. <laughs> or maybe up yeah. by Yeah. Yeah. No. Like I would, I mean. I used to I party know. by Depaul. UIC. DePaul. Yeah. Loyola. Um, probably Loyola would be your, like, most mm-hmm. similar, I feel like. Yeah. Or DePaul. DePaul's not a bad guess, but and you're in Lincoln Park and it's like rich people and it's very true. Did a lot of partying at some DePaul bars back in the day. Back in the Oh day. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, because we also used to live up the street. Like we used right. to walk down Orchard and then just once Orchard meets Lincoln, that strip is a lot yeah. of like DePaul bars ish. Right. Like Lincoln Park, but also like it's so close to DePaul that that's kind of like the strip where people go. And so we sure. used to do quite a bit of partying on that strip oh yeah okay the other thing that really bothered me in this episode is how they're treating the food and not the food fight food fight is fine it's one jack pouring the cereal down the sink what are you doing what are (laughs) you doing there's a garbage disposal so pouring the garbage i would understand if it were like soggy and gross but why would you pour dry cereal down the garbage disposal that's a good point is he has not put the milk into the cereal mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. and therefore it should go into the garbage can if, there, yeah. if it were full of milk then it would make more sense then it would it make wasn't. more sense yeah exactly but right. that's dry cereal part Continue. two yeah. is topanga throwing individually one by one her quiches in the garbage and mm-hmm. i'm like do you not one. have to eat when yeah. did you are you the rockefellers why are you throwing away good food? Perfectly good food. Granted, Corey's like, those aren't your best quiches. But I'm still like, if I'm 21, when I was 21, I ate anything and everything that was handed to me that I made, whatever, because I was so broke that I was just like, I can't afford to just throw away quiches one by one. I know. What is happening? What gotta, is going on? There's an entire know. like thing of pretzels and she just like dumps it. And I was like, mm. gotta know what they're ah! um their their food budget is i it's stressful to watch for me (laughs) i don't i just can't but yeah those were my two biggest issues honestly in this episode something else that puzzled me a little was as soon as they found out about the other person's party why didn't they just reschedule i mean i guess they were handing out flat this is the (sighs) days of information wasn't so easily passed to and fro yeah but it looked like Corey just like printed out these flyers, started walking to the student union, handing them out to strangers. And then once he got there, they were like, oh, there's another party. So then just stop handing out the flyers, change the date. And that's all. And if anyone happens to show up, just be like, oh no, it's a, we changed the date. It's a different night, but you can go to what's his nuts his party. They're also hilariously committed to throwing a like rager in their tiny fucking apartment. I know. I just have a lot of questions. Yeah. But yeah. Also, I feel like Topanga is not 
as maybe Corey just has kind of had this influence on her. But when you pull out the board games and her outfit and things like that, I feel like that's so not what I would expect from Topanga in this situation uh-huh. in that like, okay, she may be stuck in a rut, but she's not a deadbeat soccer mom in that out, like in that outfit. That's just so not what I, I mean, they're playing it up like his, he would yeah. never wear that outfit either. Oh my stupid. God. It's, but it's but like it, yeah it's a terrible outfit but it like is it, that's the joke i mean yeah. it works you know in that respect they they want to get out of their rut they shouldn't throw the party though like that's dumb no that was a bad call that was a really bad dumb, call dumb problem solving good for them you know they get messy and have sex under a twister board great have all have a blast mm-hmm. personally would be not turned on if we made the huge ass mess across my apartment yeah, with a bunch of food, just throwing throwing guac on my carpet. Like I'm not I'm not horny at that no. point. I'm anxious. I need to clean that I'm up. I'm anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I need to spot treat my sweater. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, well, that, I can I can like tolerate getting the clothes messy depending on the clothes, right? If it were the if, if, but. If there were clothes I genuinely cared about, then I'd be like, this is like a hundred dollar shirt. What the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll yeah. be mad. And then, yeah. oh, there's a giant fucking mess of crushed chips and chocolate syrup on my carpet now. What the yeah. fuck is the matter with you? Like, I didn't turn me on. Now I'm just pissed off. I got to clean this shit up. You know, now doing someone else's home where it's not my things and I don't need to clean it up. Don't care don't give a fuck sure now it can be hot because it's not my problem (laughs) so like yeah them hosting this party making their own mess their own house cool totally fine i guess like they can do that would not get me anywhere now you are at someone else's party and you end up just kind of like making a mess somewhere discreetly in every sense of the word and then (laughs) you just kind of dip out and ghost on that shit cool like i mean i guess you're kind of an asshole but like, you know, not causing you any anxiety. I, I don't know. I am too anxious of a person for there to be like an active mess around me and for me to be like ignoring that and like That's fair. aroused instead, you know, like even like if my bedroom were a mess in a natural bedroom state of like, ah, oh, there's messy clothes everywhere and like shit's hanging here and like even that I would still like struggle to like put away and be aroused instead. <laughs> <laughs> that act of it wouldn't arouse me. It's like other things. Cause like, if you interrupt a task, if you're like in the middle of a task and you just like are feeling it and you start like kissing or something like that. And then all of a sudden the task doesn't get complete immediately, but you can like circle back to it. That's one thing. But the actual act of them doing this food fighting is what's turning them on. And that would be the thing that would be anxiety inducing. (laughs) So yeah, I understand like, in the middle of an activity, just being like, oh, let's just, let's right here, right now. Let's, let's go for it. But not yeah. during an anxiety inducing activity. Mm. During a mundane activity, dishes, uh-huh. fine. Who cares? The dishes will mm-hmm. get done eventually. Folding laundry. Yeah, fine. Who cares? Like that, but that, yeah, it's, it's, it's so messy and so damaging to a lot mm-hmm. of property food, that food specifically. It's just like, mm. and it's not even like, uh, 
something that can easily be exactly what you just said, easily be like vacuumed up. Like that guacamole yeah. is, and that chocolate specifically, that's going to stain in mm-hmm. your rugs and all over the place. And it's, it's very anxiety inducing when you are the one who is paying for it's those true. things and has paid for those things, especially when it's you're true. 21. And you can't like put those things out of your brain, you know? No, no. I mean, I guess you can, I don't know. Well, and when you're, and yeah, it's, it's so harder to, it's harder to come out of it too, you know, where you're like, when, once it's done, it's harder transitioning back yes. into like the real world. Mm-hmm. It's often sticky, no matter what you're using. <laughs> you're often sticky. Afterwards. If it's sugar based, it's sticky. <laughs> exactly. Even for and yeah, exactly. And so you know, you kind of like segueing back out of that requires like full full body reset in a lot of ways. It's true. So. But yeah, I mean, typically, I feel like you're eating something off of the other person, so it's not like things are going like flying about sure randomly it's more like there's a controlled substance on the other person's body and then it's like okay this is fine because it's controlled and like if it gets a little messy that's okay but like messy on each other we we can Mm -hmm. just shower yeah that's way easier than like yeah chocolate sauce on the carpet that's that is stressful yeah so yeah it is (laughs) um that's all my notes actually Cool. Who's your MVP? Sean. Yeah, he's nice in this one, but he's vague. It's true. Know? It's very vague. He's it's vague very- for the purposes of the plot. <laughs> instead, instead of just using words like a person would use. Yes. And I honestly forgot. I forgot that they left. I knew that they came back because I knew that they caught them in the act, but I forgot. Forgot the circumstances in which they came back. And so when that happened and Sean was like, uh, all right, everyone like follow me. And they go yeah. to the party, they go back to the party. I was just like, oh, I forgot that Sean was kind of a dick. Right. And then all of a sudden he wasn't anymore. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. That's so nice. Yeah. I almost gave it to Eric, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I've given it to Eric the last three episodes. So I was like, I gotta chill. I gotta chill. <laughs> You got to chill out. We're coming into the end and I'm trying to get Eric bumped up to number two. I don't think he will. He might squeak out number three, but we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it's, I think it's Sean. I think that's the, that's the move this week. This is kind of a fun episode though, especially considering the, that we did not really care for last week's at all. I feel like it was fun. Was, yeah. This one's not bad. Like it's got some fun stuff. It's fun to talk about a little bit. No one's like the worst. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one's specific, except for Jack, no one's specifically an asshole. Mm-hmm. So if there's only one asshole character and you've got the gag of, I guess we didn't really talk about Eric and Jack that much, but I feel like there's not that much to discuss. Just Yeah, I don't know what to do there. You know, we're just filling in eight <laughs> minutes of the episode. Of yeah, I've already said my piece. Eric yeah. is a friend. Yeah, I will agree with you and also give my vote to Sean for this episode. Yeah. I Was this episode directed by William Russ? Did I read that right? Yeah, I don't know. Let's find I out. I feel like... I saw it was in the opening credits and I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. 
Man, we're so close to the end. Oh my God. So weird. Director Lynn McCracken. Oh, okay. Which I think she's directed multiple episodes of this. Sure. A lot of other early 2000s sitcoms looks like. Mm -hmm. Big sitcom director. Man, we are really closing it out here. I feel like I know what's going to happen in every single episode now. I, I already know the rest of the layout and it's like all the episodes that I knew were coming this season. I just didn't realize they were all packed at the very, very end. Yeah. It is all right. Back to back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah. No, I think it's a fun one. We're almost there. We're, we're clipping right along. We'll be done by Christmas. Wow. Probably. Hopefully I, <laughs> I would like to be, I would like to enter 2023 having Clean. kind of wrapped this that way we can maybe take a break and I agree. if we want to do sabrina i'm not even talking about it until next fall <laughs> fair fair enough i'm taking a year off thanks for listening y'all everyone cross your fingers that i get this house uh <laughs> and that it's not fake um oh my gosh. we appreciate y'all very much we're getting mm-hmm. close to the end of this thing mm-hmm. uh hope y'all have a wonderful day go ahead and Send a voicemail to Megan specifically about your food and sex stories and how they overlap. Great. That's going to be so fun for me. No one's going to send you that, but they might. But they They might. might. We opened the door, so there's that. We said it's okay. Um, (laughs) Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful fall day, if it's still fall when you're listening. Um, And as always, class dismissed.